And we're in business, baby. You always say you're you're gonna talk. You're a talkative person. Yeah, but I'm not gonna get in any area that I don't wanna get into. Okay. So we just went uh rode the gator around at my farm. Hey grandpa, you smell. Yeah, I know. Grandpa, you smell. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Grandpa. If you died tomorrow, what would your regrets be? Like, would you have any regrets in life, or would you not have any at all? I always have regrets. Would they be from, like, your youth? No, I'm just, um, I'm just not as good a person as I used to be. Something happened in the last few years, and I don't know what it was. So you said you're coming down. I think that's natural. I think everybody hits a peak in life. I think that's natural. I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. I think you should focus on the moment. Focus on being the best person you can now. But when would you say you peaked? What would you say you're like absolute, you're most proud of who you were? I'd say from, uh, from the time that Scott and Kurt were eight years old until they left off of college. Why is that? Well, I went to soccer practice just about every night. I came home. We had two soccer seasons, fall and spring. So probably about four months or five months out of the year, I was coming home and didn't even eat. You know, I had practice as soon as I got home. And uh, the only played, I, from what I remember, only played once a week, but we practiced like Tuesday and Thursday. And so three days a week, I had the kids practicing or at a game I refereed for a while on top of that so I guess probably um, from the time they were eight until Christmas got in that grade yeah. so it was 1991 and that 1978 is when soccer SCCY so you think a lot of your started. peak had to do with with coaching them, yeah. Where do you think? Where do you think that fulfillment, that like joy, the bliss that came out of that? Where do you think that? Uh, why do you think that is? I don't know. I I had um, a lot of kids on the team. Fifteen kids on the team. I think they all were really crazy about me for some reason or other because I had to take half of them to practice. Parents didn't take them. Not half of them, maybe three or four kids, plus Scott and Kurt, you know, so a lot of times I had four or five kids in the van. Do you think any of that, that joy and pleasure derives from you giving back? And like, like, cause I think a lot of people would agree that one of the happiest things you can do as a human would be 
to be selfless, to give back, and think think of something greater than yourself that you can contribute to. You know what I mean? Like that. I think that kind of correlates with growth in life. And uh, whenever I don't know, whenever you're selfless and giving, I think that that adds a lot more happiness than you being narcissistic and super selfish all the time. Really well, I think you're gonna be the most fulfilled people on this earth are the ones that are giving back all the time. That's just my opinion. Actually, uh, it was one or two years that I coached and didn't even have one of my kids on the team. Right. It's a bunch of kids that I didn't even know. And uh, I just, uh, you do that for so many years. You know, I had the girls for, I think, eight years. No, nine years. The boys, eight years. Something like that. I think it was 17 years. And maybe the other teams in there. I think a couple of the coasts are 17 years, consecutive years. And, um, Do you speak up a little bit? I don't feel like it. I don't. I don't. I'm not really. I don't know. I just. Certain things. I guess in the past, you know, it's, things are. Starting to affect me a lot in more in bad ways. I'll move it up a little closer, do you? You know, actually, I didn't get out of high school, get out of college until 1975, and then I started practicing in 1978. So, and I, while I was in college, I went to work every day, and I went two days a week or three days a week. I, I had to be in class at 520. For a long time, you know, and I got off at 5 o'clock. Class for what? I, had, I took two classes every night. Wait, was this in your, like, your college days? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking about your 30s. I don't know how old I was. I was, I was uh, 32 when I graduated from college, I think. I think that's right. 1975. That's what it sounds like. I might have been uh, 32 years old when I finished school. And then, um, so, you know, I studied every night I didn't go to class. I studied, including Saturdays. I had a really, really complex, complicated job. When I worked for Southwestern Bell, and uh, I was lost. I, mean, I had a whole lot of stuff to learn, a whole lot. And this is, was this like after you got out of the military, or when was this? I got out of the military in 19... 67. And this was in 1973, 4, 5. Okay. So that was several years after I got out of the Air Force. So would you say that you're, uh, for, so now you said you've kind of like dropped, uh, I guess. You're not as, you said you're not as good of a person now as you used to be. Do you think that kind of derives from the nostalgia of the past and, like, thinking about the past all the time? Do you think that's kind of led to self-pity? No. No? I might be... Do you think that... Subconsciously I might do that, but I don't, I don't think... Like, I'm unrealized, that. yeah. Do you think... Uh, 
Do you think this, that nostalgia of thinking about the past, do you think about the past a lot? Mixes in with what I'm thinking. I think about everything, all something, all the time, everything. Right, right. Yeah, we, you do too. You know, you talked about that before, but uh, my, I can't stop thinking about everything, and that gets to you after a while. Right. It'd be nice, be nice to be able to just kind of, you know, like concentrate on something. Some things I need to do outside in the yard, or um, maybe try to over the year maybe try to be a better golfer. You know, I I play golf with two guys, and all they talk about is golf. They even watch golf on television. Think about it. <laughs> that's that's what, so boring. Watching watching play golf on television. You know, they they even do that. You know, and I don't ever do that. I go out there and I talk to them, but it has nothing to do with golf. Mm -hmm. And they talk about golf, and for the most part, I have the time. Do you think that gives them a lot of meaning? Like, I want to say that that golf's a distraction, but does does golf add a lot of happiness and joy to their life? I'm sure it does to theirs, but, but they don't they don't talk about. Like they all have, they both have. Uh, there's two guys and me. They both have grandkids and kids, but they. They don't talk about them. It's like they don't ever think about their kids. Oh, really? Their grandkids. When you you would say your priorities are more focused on your kids? I'd say... And grandkids? Mostly grandkids now. I mean, the kids have grown. They're almost 50 years old. is 52 years old already, so... I've already screwed up bad enough with her, I guess. So... I mean, you've known her for 52 years. I don't think... You're fine. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I used to be a really good person, and not anymore. I'd say you're a bad person. I'd go hanging out with you. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think my thought process is pretty bad. Well, you, I would also argue that you're a product of your environment, because I think you've changed over the years since I've known you as, like, a, whenever you were younger. That's three. I told you the other day. You take. You live three lives. Some people four now. Um, I guess I'm in my third person. You know, like third, third right. fourth. In my life, I've kind of seen you transition from that second life to the third. Yeah. Which I, I think that second life was full of constant activity. Maybe not constant, but a lot more activity. A lot more things for you to do. And then now. You uh, would you say you're kind of bored now? Anybody that has a a, a brain as active as I am is gonna be bored. Right. You know, everybody says get a job. Because I, I would say we we there's like there's something that, I mean we talk about this a lot and I know what you mean. Uh, I definitely inherited something weird from you. I don't know if I like it or not, but there's like like. Something, something the way our brains work, it's very compatible that, like, like I kind of feel like you're one of the only people I can relate to, and Melena's kind of the same way that you and I are, and I don't really know anybody else who's kind of that way, personally, uh, and, but what I've found is that when I just sit around, this, this is just the way my brain works, I don't know if this is the same way yours works or not, I'm not trying to, like, diagnose or anything like that, I'm just saying this is what's worked for me. 
But when I sit around and I just like, like for example, this past semester, when I was just sitting around my apartment and just deep in my own head, deep in my own thoughts, that would make a negative spiral that always went downward. It always went south. And if it went upward, it always somewhere, somehow found its way south at some point. And so what I found is that I need not distractions, but are you familiar with like logo therapy? Logo, L-O-T-O, logo. Logo and then therapy. Huh. It's like one word. Uh, it was developed by Viktor Frankl after, so he was a Jew in the Holocaust. He was a Jew in Auschwitz. He wrote, he wrote a book that I read uh, this past semester called A Man's Search for Meaning. It's a really good book. He's like talking about the Nazis and like how, well, the Nazis were terrible people, man. But uh, long story short, he developed this thing after he left the Nazi concentration camps that has to do with, it's called logotherapy, which is the idea that you need to find purpose, meaning, fulfillment in your life constantly. You need to find things that are going to make you feel fulfilled. And I kind of, after I read that book, I kind of took on that initiative with the, all the, a lot of other external stimuli like to kind of motivate those actions but I started that's why I started taking up so many hobbies that's why I took up I started meditating this semester I started going on hikes a lot I started reading all the time I started reading a lot I read like 16 books this semester uh, I started painting I was obsessed with painting for like a month I was painting like eight hours a day I uh, because that's just like the way my mind works. I just got, I obsess over things. I just, I love whatever I'm doing. And I think, I think passion is kind of the meaning to life. I think passion has a lot to do with happiness. Like the more passionate I am, the more fulfilled, the more happy I am. And that's why I took up Muay Thai, boxing, karate this past, or this summer now. But and yoga, I took up yoga this semester. But the, the idea of why I'm saying I took up all these things is because these give my life meaning and fulfillment, and if I didn't do these things, I would go insane. I would legitimately go insane, and I would be depressed. That's just, that's what I figured out about myself this summer, and I haven't been, I've been a lot more happy ever since I figured that out about my own brain, or about myself. Yeah, you, you uh, you got everything to look forward to, I've got everything to look backward at. I think you're choosing to look at it like that, though. Well, people tell me, why don't you get up and do something? But they don't, they don't have the problem. Because they're, they're still in that part of their lives. Like, Darcy's uh, still working real estate. You know, he can work real estate to die. Right. So she's got something to, to keep her busy. Because she's on the phone a lot, you know, with Rhonda, but also with clients. Mm -hmm. And so she has to keep... Keep her brain. The reason I watch Fox is a lot of it's not because I don't know what they're going to say, but I do. It's for to have a human being where I can listen. I can listen to somebody. So it, when you say watch, that, I know what they're going to say. When you say that, you're you're getting the fulfillment from. I well, it's not even fulfillment. You're just you're lonely. Is that what you're saying? Well, it. Honestly, what uh, what's helped me with being lonely, because I was kind of the same way. I was living alone this past semester. I was kind of bored. Didn't really have too many, like, good quality friends that I, like, wanted to hit up and hang out with. Like, 
it, I was just kind of impartial. Everybody that was in my life, friend-wise, like, I was impartial if I hung out with them or not. You know, I didn't really have any friends. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, next two years you'll have Nace in there. So if you just, yeah, you know, if you just really get lonely, I one, one minute you could be hanging out with him unless he's in the classroom. Or well, that on top of the fact that I got three roommates now. Before I had no roommates because my roommate moved out at semester. You have four people in your house. I have four people in my house. Yeah. And they're three pretty cool, motivated, chill dudes. So wow. I'm looking forward to it. Like I, I won't be, I won't be this way the next semester. I, I knew that I was gonna have these three roommates. So I'm like, you know what? I love my alone time. I value my alone time. So I'm just gonna spend this entire semester alone. Like I don't care what that means. I'm forcing myself to be alone. Maybe it's not the most healthy decision, but I enjoyed it. I got some benefits out of it. Sometimes it did get lonely, but what I did to, to uh, kind of ease the pain of loneliness is podcasts like I was suggesting to you last night podcasts it, there's something about podcasts you just like it's weird because you listen to two people have a conversation especially when it's like like Joe is somebody he's somebody I want to be like he's somebody I'm kind of already like in a way but he's somebody I look up to you know but I like listening to him for I don't know, I've probably listened to 50 hours of his podcast at least, at least, well, probably more, I'm probably closer to 100 hours now that I think about it, but, um, like, he just, I don't know, it, uh, you kind of start to, like, not, a, I don't want to say emotionalize with these people, but you start to, like, figure them out and what type of people, at least I have with him, like, I figured out what kind of guy he is and, like, like his nobility and like what kind of person he is. And I feel like I've connected with him, even though he's not connecting with me back. It's like, it still kind of fills that, that loneliness thing. It's weird. I, I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. See, you look at things. Um, when I, when I read a book or when I look at something, I already know a lot of the stuff you're talking about. Right. And I, I know, I don't. A lot of times I don't know this. I don't know exactly the the uh, what's the theme. I guess the theme of what they're all about. But very few people say something that I don't know already. I disagree. I think that's, you're looking in the wrong spots. That's the that's the downside, really, to. Like, I still like history, but when I heard somebody talking about it, almost every case, I already know that that's what went on. Then you can move on to science. Or you can move on to philosophy. Or I, I, tried some, to... I tried some uh, psychology, I guess. I can't... Things that I don't know about now, I can't learn them. I like it, like it. I want to. I want to tell you. I want to say like you can't keep telling yourself that. But I also don't have a seventy-year-old brain. I have a twenty-one-year-old brain that's constantly like adapting and learning. It's very malleable. Versus your brain is probably pretty set in stone. It's set in stone, and uh, you know, I not too many years. I'll be eighty years old. But now, granted, there's eighty, and there's eighty. Now I'm seventy-three now. I could probably find some guys that are 73 now that are just wobbling through life. Just, they don't know where they are sometimes. They don't, you know, and some people are probably, well, I, don't, like I don't think too many are, short, are sharper than I am at my age. Right. 
I mean, uh, I can eat McShannon live with, uh, with just about anything because all he does is say, huh? And he's got, he's got those things in his ears, both sides, both ears. Mm -hmm. And aids, before yeah. he put them in there, hearing aids, before he got those, he would say, huh, on everything. Is he gonna, uh... What does he do now? He says, says huh, on everything. Oh, you like developed that habit yeah, I, and just stuck with that I habit? I told him the other day, I said, man, you say, huh, on everything. Well, no, I don't. He's so, probably, does he not listen to what you're saying? Or is he just, he can't, he really literally smart. like can't hear what you're saying? I think saying? he's a really smart person, so he probably thinks about a lot of stuff. I'm guessing anyway. But, um, I don't know, he, no matter what you say, he, he never understands it the first time, second time, third time. Right. But he's smart, you know, so he'll keep asking me questions till I talk enough to get through to him right. so that he knows what I'm talking about. It's like, if I if we're talking about something and I say something on the same subject, he doesn't seem to know what I'm talking about. And we just talked about it. It was a little bit different, you know? Right, yeah. And then, so I'm thinking that he's getting senile because it says huh about everything. And then he claims he doesn't say huh. So the last two times, I guess the last two or three times we went out to play golf, I tell him. When he says huh, I say huh. Huh? Right, right after him. I say Mick, blah, 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 huh? And I'll say, huh? Sound like French I said, Mick, he said, huh again. He said, huh again. And then five minutes later, uh -huh. yeah. And the other guy, Gary. There's a rapper who does that. It's like his like, trademark. He goes, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so Gary, I told Gary, you know, I said, because when Gary's in a different, Mick and I uh, go together in the same golf cart. Right. He's over there. So when we, when we go to the next hole, we're, we're here and he's usually up here. So if he says anything, Mick can't hear it. So uh, I think I said, Gary, hey Gary, you might as well say everything twice. I'm, I'm going to tell him that the next time we play golf. We'll talk on Tuesday. Hey Gary, you're going to have to say everything twice. So you might as well just say it twice to start with. Right. Rather than wait on him to say, huh? So you can say, Mick, you know, uh, I think you ought to do this. You know, this will help you out on golf. Mick, this is what I think you should do. You're going to help him out on golf, you know. Mick will say it twice because he's going to say, huh. Or you could say, hey, Mick, didn't he say, huh. That would be strange. I, I, clearly, I can't relate at all. That's, that's weird to where you, you're going to start being, you're starting to get to the stages of life where your friends and the people around you are starting to kind of lose it in a way. Now, Gary's not that way. He's, old, he's three months older than Mick. Okay. See, they're they're uh, they're seventy seven already. I think I think that has to do a lot with how you take care of your body. I think genetics has a little bit to do with it, but I think how you take care of your body has to do with everything on how you're gonna be when you're seventy. Well, Mick, Mick is um, he smoked and drank and drank uh, most of his life. He probably still drinks beer, a lot of beer. He can't just and he's really fat, you know. You know that he met him. I'm gonna for like half a second. Yeah, but he's, uh, I mean, if he gains 
he loses 10 pounds, get him anyway, he'll get him back. They eat out every day. They go eat hamburgers and stuff every day. I think literally every day. See, I, 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 what I kind of believe, and this is a really basic philosophy based on like the little I know about nutrition. We're still a fair amount, but I still don't know nearly as much as a lot of people. But anyway, uh, I believe if what you're putting in your body is bad for your body, it's probably bad for your mind as well. And what I'm starting to learn is a lot of people who are like, especially the lower class, like poor people, but like people that are like not health conscious who do you also know, aren't who do you that intelligent. Who do you know this for? I'm mainly referring to the people uh, I work with at Steak and Shake. They have what Napoleon Hill refers to as poverty consciousness. Are they poor people? I don't know. They're, just, Bailey, Bailey's they're poverty a, conscious. I know what poverty there. consciousness is, and they're definitely, they you, fit you, the description. All three of you kids work in a steak and shake. None of these poor. You've never been poor. You never will be poor. Right, but there's different, when you walk in that door, your coworkers are very, very different people. You can tell who's working there for a summer job, job when they're, uh, when they're uh, in college, or who's a high school student working there for some extra cash. Who, and then you can tell they're they're like right now for example there are there's a she, how old would I get she's probably fifty years old she's worked there for nine years and there's another girl who's worked there for thirty years she's like sixty there's another sixty year old who's worked there for a few years like just to put it short one one of those ladies I'm not trying to disparage her reputation at all even though I'm not mentioning her name. But she's the sweetest old lady, uh, just really nice lady, really like a pleasure to be around, Ex extremely charismatic, just brights up the room when she's around there. She's been training me, she's been super nice. But the other two, they're, um, one's kind of nice, kind of mean, the other one she's just really trashy. Like, And the, ones, the one I worked at in Springfield, like the people there just extremely trashy like I I don't know they're just very gross very uh oh you could... you gotta think about it some of these people that work that they make a lot of money a fair amount well they don't pay taxes I'm guessing Jordan I'm telling uh, this is I, I hope I get through to you they're still working at Steak and Shake I hope I get through to you Jordan if you get a job making 60,000 a year right they're gonna take about 20 of it you gotta get used to that. I mean, you, you will not believe your first paycheck. Let's say your first paycheck's a thousand dollars, girls. Mm -hmm. They'll have at least at least five or six or seven things on your on your on your check. Check stuff. And that, you, you will not believe that right there is a huge divide between liberals and conservatives. Well, I mean, you talk to your dad; he doesn't get that. He has to, every three months, he has to come up with some money and give it to his, because he's got his own business. Talk to, talk to somebody like Scott. I bet you they take at least 30% of his money. He yeah. makes a ton of money. You don't think so? No, no, I, like, I'm just shaking my head in disgust. That's, I'll bet in some cases it's more. That is something that I'm very conservative about. I don't believe in that. I don't have, I don't know. Well, you got to pay him. You have to pay him. You don't pay him. Right. I always talk. I talk about New York City. You don't have to. You don't have to say New York State. Right. I think they had twelve percent state tax. Missouri has about two or three. Most most of the states that don't have 
they're not crazy like New York and California and all that. The state, you know, the federal taxes is really high, but the state is usually two percent. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Now, if you make a hundred grand, you're still going to pay. I remember two percent of that. Lionel Messi got in trouble for tax evasion a few years back. Him and his father both. I don't know if he actually did it or not, but if he did, I really don't blame him. They're probably trying to take like a ton of money. Where does he live? He lives over in Spain. He plays on Barcelona. Spain is see a lot of those European. It might have been the uh, Argentinian government, though. I'm not sure who was trying to take. Cause he, he's 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 from Argentina. He plays on their national team and everything. That's where he grew up as a kid. And then I think he, when he was young, like probably around like nine years old, something crazy like that, he got uh, his dad and or his parents took him over to Barcelona, and then he started training with their academy program. So I well I don't know um, if he if, I don't know if it's like him getting taxed by the Argentinian government or the Spanish government or what. But just a couple few years ago, France France is a socialist state, semi mm -hmm. semi communist socialist. Everybody gets everything free. You come in, so you, you go into there, you go into Germany, all this. Just walk across the, and you you automatically day one. That's my understanding. They start giving you money. Uh -huh. Where's the money come from? It comes from Jordan, right? And 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 uh, your dad. Those people have to work. The people just come in there and don't work. Mm -hmm. They give them money. They give them houses. I think they even give them cars in some kind, some countries. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that clearly. I mean some I don't states, think that's right. There are some states. If you're going to move, if you're moved to a state, please. Move to a red state. Get one of those. <laughs> get one of those maps, you know, and and don't. I'm telling you, those are the other states are a lot of them like Illinois. They're, they're this far from bankruptcy. And they've been there for about ten years. Because mm -hmm. they like Chicago. You live in Chicago for four months. Uh -huh. Did you get a chance to go down into Chicago? No, I love it. Imagine how many people there don't even ever work in their life. I didn't think about that. As long as I was, as long I was kind of walking get, around enjoying the as city. As long as somebody <laughs> else gets the money, but I'm just telling you, if you go to one of those one of those blue states, you got to get used to it. You got to used to say, okay, I get, I get, I got a thousand dollars. Where did five hundred of it go? I kind of do believe with the economic philosophy that uh, if you lower taxes, then more job opportunities are going to be created because more money is going to be, people are going to spend the money different ways. You got ways. it. You got it down. I, I do believe in that. I mean, I know it's a very conservative outlook, but that has nothing to do with my political beliefs. Like, like, I mean, you and I both know I'm an independent. I don't believe. I'm not independent. A, stay independent forever. Yeah, I, I'm neither. Sides. Yeah, exactly. Talk to your good buddy that's a liberal. Uh-huh. Sometimes, don't talk politics. Unless you consider this politics. Hey, friend. Hey, liberal friend. Are you okay with... with, with uh, giving, I, I know him, too. Giving, he's not going to... I know who you're talking about. He's he's all about money. He's all about money. Well, he, but he can he's be gonna, a liberal, yeah. yeah. He, he won't be a liberal very long. Yeah, if he starts making money and he start, starts getting taxed, yeah. What, what he is, though, he's very ignorant to... 
Um, really? Politics. Even by his ignorance. Right, yeah, especially my Until age. Until about 30 years yeah, old. Especially my you age. know more than that, because you have to listen to the crap that I, that I throw at you. So you know right. a lot. You know a lot about it, even though you, maybe you didn't want to hear it. Well, I know your stance on it. I don't know necessarily a lot about it. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't lie to you. I never lie to anybody. Right. What I'm telling you is from a conservative standpoint, but it's the truth. Right. And I'm telling you, you can talk. You can ask Scott. Ask him. Hey Scott. Let's say you make hundred grand. He probably makes more like two hundred. But ask him. So Scott, let's say you make a hundred grand. How much of that do you give? The taxes. What uh -huh. percentage? Just what percentage? If I asked him one time, and I said, I think he said, I told you this once before. I think, I think he said, he, he said, I bet you I paid fifty thousand dollars in taxes. Now, most people don't make that much. Yeah, that's and he lives in Missouri. He doesn't live in Illinois or. Or California or New York or places like that. That is absolutely ridiculous. You're going to do that too. You know it would be cool? If you're successful, you're going to give a lot of money to the government. They're going to waste it. They're going to waste it. I can, exp I can educate you now about how they waste it, but it's better off for you when you get 35. You're going to waste it on military spending. Yeah. When, you, when, you get, when you get a big old fat paycheck and then you look at the actual check... I hope that military spending that. starts going down, man. They're only able to raise that through fear. What are your thoughts on 9-11? Do you believe that was set up by the government? No. Really? Have you ever seen Zeitgeist? I've seen a lot of people try to say that, but they're, they're all proven to be nutcases. It's all been debunked? I don't know. It, they put out a lot of uh, hard evidence the fact that, that the United was, States would bomb themselves. It actually makes a lot more sense. You think, I mean, it, people, people your age, a lot of them probably do, but you won't when you get about 30, 27, 28. You'll start to understand things. I mean, it, it did tap into some uh, very motivating factors to send our country into war. 2,850 people died. Right. We killed them ourselves. Right. Fear and anger. To send us into war for profit. You don't, that. you don't. You don't make money going into war. Have you heard about what's? Uh, I think it's like eleven. There's a there's a tower in New York City that just completely fell on its own on that same exact day as well. I don't remember the name of the tower. It's in New York City and it just collapses. So you're saying like an explosion, like just collapses straight downward. Was it a big? A it was big never bill? covered in the media. Oh, that's that's a bunch of bull. That's bull. I guarantee you, the people that the people that are in New York City and they watched it go, they watched it. I watched it on TV. Right. I watched it live on television. Those people coming out of those buildings are just. I'm not saying all I, over them. Their right. whole body has got dust and all kinds of crap on them. There's, there's, there's well, that doesn't them. that doesn't really prove anything. I, I, I get the point. It, it's a tragedy regardless, but was it set up by the United States government is the question. If you believe that, I think there's a good chance that it then was. You, then you are on the road to being a nutcase. I'm not on the road. To, I'm just saying I question everything. I'm not saying I'm a nutcase. One question it, but you'll find out that. It's too complicated right. for somebody to get to to put 
put Muslims, you know, the, the guys... That's kind of that's kind of my point, though, that it was too complicated because there were a lot of, uh, I guess, little flaws in the execution of it on the day. Like what? Like tower, the tower I was telling you about. I've never heard of that one. I've also heard that apparently one of the men on, that was supposed to be driving the plane or flying the plane actually had their ID was found. I think it was on the subway or something. It was found somewhere in New York. The ID of one of the men. I don't know if that really proves anything necessarily. Then uh, there's also... Apparently all those men that were supposed to be on the planes are still living over in Afghanistan or wherever, somewhere in the Middle East. And uh, there's some other things in that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying I don't know. And I don't think I don't think anybody can speak with conviction except for really George Bush, the rest and people that were involved with it at the time in the government that would actually know if it was or wasn't. I think, I just think it is a lot more probable Well, than if, uh, if you think that way, you can line up with probably, a, I don't know, thousands of people that have all, all the ones I've watched come out in the news, they're all nutcases. Now, Believe what you want, you know. That's your opinion of them, that they're nutcases. There's, no there's no opinion to that. Yes, there is. Is there a nutcase or if they're tell not me, a nutcase? Tell, tell me how they can get by with it. Well, I'm, you know, I'm saying if there's an opinion to it, if, if somebody's a nutcase or not a nutcase, you're kind of just belittling these people because your opinion of them is that they're crazy. They also might intentionally be bringing on people that are actually like kind of crazy to be spitting like fake facts about the... About 9-11, so that, it, I mean, because whenever, whenever you bring on somebody that's not credible whatsoever, and they're trying to support an argument, and they get destroyed by somebody who, who argues for a living, like Bill O'Reilly, who's just going to destroy that person in an argument, uh, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but that, that person's going to lose, and it's going to kind of disparage the, the entire argument for the possibility of 9-11 being a hoax set up by the American government. Well, there's some people that believe that that are not stupid people. Right. They could give you a good argument. But it's been 16 years. Right. They probably are still investigating it. I think I think there are some files actually uh, released. If what you say is true. There are some, you're right, there are some very intelligent people that believe it. Like, with... Almost without a doubt, they believe it. Well, the ones I know that, that actually say it on TV, they, I would call them in that case. Because of a lot of those things they believe. They just... Right. They don't believe anything that, that everybody else believes. But like I said, they may intentionally be bringing the right people to come on and lose the argument and embarrass themselves. And in result, kind of embarrass the entire argument. Any credibility that that argument may have had before it could spread anymore. You know what I mean? Because ideas, ideas spread like wildfire and... Uh, like well, there's... there's a, I guess if you were... If you were gonna... If you were a good lawyer and you, you tried to go to court with that, 
best lawyer, get, best twenty lawyers in this whole country, the best of them. And they're all arguing for that, for that. And there's one, one detective, one, uh, one guy arguing against those twenty. Right. He'd win. So you're saying twenty nutcases and one. Well, there's twenty people that that really believe that the that the United States government. You're saying any call? I don't think there's any winner necessarily because there's no really end result. Because, like you said, it's 16 years after. I don't think there's any gonna, ever going to be any justice to that if it does be proven to be true. And I don't think it'll ever get released because. If it does get released, then people will realize that our government doesn't really care about us as much as they think, as people think, or well, would like to think that truth. it does. That's the truth. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, think about it. Think about it from, and as somebody who's like an elite, from their standpoint, their point of view, if they have, and they did, they did. I mean, it's a fact that they had a lot to gain by going to war, by getting the country riled up. Uh, and the effects that 9-11 would have had, or did have, uh, it's it's a fact that they, they had a lot to gain with that. What did and they if gain you look at it... By going to the war, what did they gain? They spent that three or four trillion dollars. Four thousand people died. Well, you could look at thousands, personal gain. Thousands of people don't have legs. I really, I, I probably shouldn't have gotten into this argument because I don't know a ton. I'm really not. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying... <laughs> I'll, I'll admit, I, I don't really know. the argument, Jordan. We may as well say I, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying, that my argument isn't for 9-11 was a hoax. My, my argument is that people need to think for themselves and consider the possibility that it was. And I, I, think, I think everybody should be open-minded. I don't think you should yeah, say... I think you should, too. Right. But I, I think you should consider that it maybe was. And I, I agree. I don't think there's going to be any justice served 16 years later. I think... I don't think it'll ever get fully released or anything like that. Did you learn like that, that at college someplace, or you just made that up? I learned that from a documentary that I watched that was recommended to me by a college buddy. So, uh, I guess I kind of learned it in college. Do you believe, the, uh, do you believe that... Uh, it's a total conspiracy. Is global warming... Uh-huh. Is that going to... Uh, Bears and all that, and, the, and all the water is going to come in. And do you believe that? Do I believe that all of the ice caps are going to melt? Yeah. I do believe that they're melting at an exponential rate because there's hard evidence to uh, support that. Do I believe they're all completely going to melt? I don't know enough to say yes or no. You realize it. I do know that. Have you seen the maps of when the with the sea levels, what they would be like if all the entire uh, ice caps melted. I mean, this was also, this was based on one map that I saw. I don't know how credible this was or how realistic it really was. It might have been to kind of put some fear into... Uh, and do you do you believe there's a solution that, that, the, that the American people could spend enough money trying to make the climate not be hotter. I don't think do it comes realize, down to money. Do I think it comes even, down to a change You know what the experts habits. are saying, Jordan? You know what, what the experts are saying? What? Like in a hundred years, it might go up one degree. These are the ex One half degree. The thing I hate about climate change is that it's become such a political debate. I do think there's a lot of hard evidence to support that climate change is real 
and I totally do believe in climate change. Do you know how much has gone up in the last, say, 20 years? What are your sources? Well, the, the source would be the, the people that, in this case, it would be the, the weather people, the people that, that know how hot it was in 20 years ago and how hot it is now and, and, and all that stuff. I mean, they got, the government spends a lot of money on that science stuff. Right. And... Well, I get that, but, but I, uh... I, here's what I think about the liberals. Okay. To them, they, they look, liberals look like, their mindset is that we are good people, we're smart people, and so whatever we know, we think we know, everybody else would think the same way. Because you can't the, label the all mind, the liberals that way. In though. the liberal in the liberal mind, you can hear them all over the place. Right. I'm not saying every one of them. You know, okay. there's Kurtz is liberal. I'm sure she's not stupid. You know, like that. Right. Depends on how far you let yourself go into liberalism. There's there's just like the liberals, they consider. I think O'Reilly came up with like 18 percent of liberals are really ding-dong, really far out. Well, that means, what, 82% of them? They're just liberals. They want to help everybody. And they don't care how much it costs. But no. they're not going to put their money into it. I mean, they'll, they'll pay their taxes. But I've never seen the Hollywood guy or anybody come up with like $10 million or $20 million to try to do something about it. It wouldn't uh, be in the news if they ever did. Chance the Rapper donated... One million dollars, and he's not that wealthy of a, a celebrity. Uh, he's probably his his wealth's probably gone up a lot this past year. He just came out of that song with Justin Bieber and them, and all that stuff. He, he's been doing a lot lately. See, a lot of people of give a million dollars. We're talking about trillions. We're talking yeah, about yeah, but, it, but my point is that it, if we're talking percents of what Chance the Rapper gave, he gave a very, very large percent of a large portion of his wealth to the Chicago school systems, which is undeniably a great thing to do. Did it help the schools? We talked about schools the other night. Right, and that I don't know. I'm assuming it didn't hurt. <laughs> Go around count, count every house in St. Charles County. Right. Multiply by, say, 3,000. 3, uh -huh. That's how much money these schools are getting. There's not that many schools in St. Charles County. Maybe eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. But okay, so back to what There's we were talking about before. Of money, I think you know. We but, should be good. We should have good students. We don't. Right. Yeah, I agree with you there. But back to what we were talking about. What I kind of believe with, uh, I think there's a good chance of this as well. And I know this is a conspiracy. I don't. I don't know if there's any evidence to back this or not. But you're saying the weathermen on TV or whoever. Let's say. Let's say you're watching Fox News. You're watching CNN. You're watching whatever. Whatever your source of media is, I think there's a good chance that the oil companies who are making probably one of the largest impacts on this country or on this uh, on the earth and making it making climate change what it is, the argument to support it, if if it's saying I believe it, if I mean apparently it's not a fact. Um, I lost, I lost what I was saying. Um, 
Oh yeah, they, so they they have they have an agenda. The the oil companies, the extremely wealthy. Everybody does. Right, right, and they they're extremely wealthy. How do we know they're not paying off the weatherman? Or paying off the station who's paying off the weatherman. Here's, here's my source. Uh, There's one guy in this country that has his entire life, adult life, he has studied all this. He's about probably 55 or 60 now. Everybody considers him the number one weather person in the whole country. Uh -huh. In the whole world. I've seen him probably 10, 15, 20 times over the years come on TV and explain all these things in technical terms. You he showed said, me him. You showed says, me him. He says it's not true. Right, right. I mean, he says man-made. See, that's it's not the fact that God is making it hot. The people that really believe that, I, I'm not telling you I believe it or don't, because uh -huh. I don't know. I'm willing to be in the middle on a lot of things. See, I don't know. See, I, I totally do believe it. I'm not. I just middle don't that. think the United States could spend enough money to make it. Instead of it's supposed to get one degree in a hundred years, one degree higher. See, I don't believe that. That's what the that's what the the people. Okay, the same people who say this is happening, are saying that. You know, so if it's a if it's a group of people who says, yeah, there's there's global warming, don't, don't even and it's going and it's going. Go, in the next hundred years, it's going to be one one degree hotter. Same right. people saying this stuff. See, in I, fact, I've heard one half percent. Right. It's not like it's going to be ten degrees hotter. Well, that would make a drastic impact. Okay, and, and uh, here's what Al, even one degree does a lot. Here's what Al Gore when Al Gore started this about the year two thousand, somewhere around about seventeen years ago. Al Gore came out with this. He figured that he could make a lot of money. So he made all these all these uh, movies, right? And he went in and at the certain times of the year, and he went in and all this stuff was melting and all this stuff, you know. So he said by the year two thousand seven, this is about two thousand. He said he said when in two thousand seven, he he made all kinds of predictions. Uh huh. People are gonna die and all kind, you know. It, not, you know the, the waters are gonna come in and L A is no longer there and and. Millions and millions well, of people it would be Florida, but yeah. And people, people paid a lot of money to go to his movies. He made two or three movies about that, and he convinced uh, Riazzi. I think Riazzi was one of the ones who went and watched that movie, and it, it, he convinced him. And he's a skeptical. He's he's you don't know him very well, but if you ever do, he's a weird person. Right. He's strange. And I got even, that on video. That's on video. I'm gonna show them that. I mean, don't even think about talking about certain things. See, his father is Iranian. Uh -huh. He came from Iran to go over here. So, boy, you know, Iran is the largest terror country in the whole world. Uh huh. I mean, they can they can prove that because of what they've done over the years and all that. You know. Don't even, don't say don't tell him that. Right. Don't even mention Iran in, in any kind of negative thing, which you won't, you know. To, to you, that's probably political. No, not really. You know, Iran is a country, and now Obama gave them secrets, gave them his approval to go ahead and make nuclear weapons. And they've been saying, they've been saying for 
thousand years probably. They're yeah. gonna not. They're gonna thousands. Well, it's the Sidify. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Did you, do you know about the Crusades? A little bit. Like continue where you're saying. Fifteen hundred years. You're kind of all over the place right now. So. Yeah, fifteen hundred years ago is when Christians and the, and the uh, Muslims start killing each other. That's been going on for fifteen hundred years. That the history that I don't know of. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's never going to end. It's never going to end. But one six. I would agree with you there. One six of the world is lo lesbian. Um, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take that back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe that's what we need. We got a population crisis. I think on our it's 1.2 billion Muslims. How many Christians? Probably a couple billion. billion Christians. Really, even amount. It's okay. weird. You know, I looked it up one time. And yeah, that is bizarre. And it's almost the same thing. Well, it's six billion. I think six or seven billion people in the world. So one sixth of the world, they're Muslims. They're never going to stop. And let's say it's only five percent of them that really believe in. And killing other people. See, I think it's it, religion pulls people apart so much. You know, I mean, it also adds a lot of value, a lot of um, purpose to a lot of people's lives. But well, you, you that's can, stupid. They, uh, that's you can look at religion, and you can say one one religion in the world kills people, and that's the only one. Christians don't go around killing people. Jewish people don't do that. Buddhists are pretty calm. Buddhists, they, they just, they just. Get back in the woods, you know, and go, I'm, 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 I'm. They do their thing. There's that know. duality There's with, one with religion, Muslims. One group of people that use their religion to cut off heads. There's only one. That is bizarre. I mean... That's such an outdated way to think. To think that is, that's like a religion in modern times. They, and it has 1.2 billion people. One-seventh of the world's population. They that's are bizarre. Still, their country is all is still in the fifteen hundred. Yeah, it really 1500 is. Fifteen hundred years ago. I mean, not that long ago, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's in the past. I don't think they believe in anything. Oh, their their beliefs with women are just so bizarre, man. Like, how are women not equal? They're just they, they throw they throw gays off of buildings. That's ridiculous. I mean, if you if they find out you're a gay person in in those Muslim countries, you're gonna be up on a building. Dude, Wednesdays. it's 2017, bro. Like. Chill. <laughs> who cares about it's who cares never, if you're gay or not? I mean, think fifteen hundred years ago, it was doing that. Well, still fifty years change. ago in the United States, it was pretty bad. See, I'm optimistic. I think it could change, and I think it is changing just a lot slower than countries that are more accepting and open-minded, like the United States, like most of Europe. And well, you you look at Europe, the United States. I'm talking yeah, right. about. I'm talking about. Right. Not necessarily countries, but yeah, countries. Let me say it, countries. Afghanistan. I bet you they throw gays off of buildings in Afghanistan. Maybe not all I parts think of it. Uh huh. I think the the greatest thing they could do is start accepting women into their culture. They're because never gonna do that. If they well, if they did, the effects would be a lot less violence because women women are incredible at solving problems in a non-hostile manner. I mean, it's honestly me, incredible. Let me give you one example. Uh huh. That 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 uh, TV series that I watch a lot, right? Uh, the Reagans, you know, yeah. New York City. I don't know how many times I've seen the episode. They will go into an area town, and there's all Muslims in there. Now, the last thing NBC or whoever that CBS, whoever, the last thing they're going to do is badmouth a Muslim. 
But you know what they do? They write this into the script. They have Muslims in there. If you're a woman cop, and you walk into a Muslim group of people, you better you better have your shoes off, and you better you better put one of those things on your head. In in the United States? Yeah, this is New York City. That's now, ridiculous. If that's if that's if that's fake, NBC would never. If let you're going to come to the United States, you got to leave your outdated ways of thinking in the past. I mean, they don't even like women. In fact. Why do women come to the U.S. and accept that? Why do they put up with that standard? Why did you come to the United States if you're going to be still wearing a towel on your head everywhere you go? You know That sounds very, very like a lack of empathy when I say putting a towel on your head. But, so I'm going to justify that. But, that, yeah, it does sound... But, I mean, still, why would you wear that, that head thing? You want to know? Why would you cover your face if you came to the U.S.? Do why you, would you come over and get rid of know? that thing? What Sharia law is? No, chivalry law. Sharia. Sh no, I have no idea. That's the Muslim laws. They're taught from age three uh -huh. to do these things. Now here's brainwashed condition. This country, they're trying to get it in here. Uh huh. We're actually, we're actually, at, they're actually passing laws. Uh huh. But Sharia law is like kill your wife. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. That happened about three or four years ago. That happened in the United States. Either the, either the brother or the father killed his daughter. Uh -huh. either, the, either the brother killed his sister. They killed this person because they went outside when they weren't supposed to. They didn't have the thing on her. They didn't, they didn't walk behind the man. Or they didn't have a man that went with them. They shot, I think it was the guy shot his own dog. Women are like slaves to their own There's culture. There's something else that happened. I told you this before, I think. Uh-huh. The boy killed his sister and his mother. In this country, because Sharia law tells them certain things. Now, the good Muslims ignore Sharia law. They don't really ignore it. It's, it's what they live by. But they don't go around killing each other. They don't do that. Yeah, that's absolutely So ridiculous. what you've got in this country... This is what I want to tell you. England. England. England is gone forever. Great Britain is gone. Germany is gone. France is gone forever. They will never that is recover. so extreme. <laughs> they have 63 places. And in, in, uh, I think in London, 63 places where they do not, they don't pay any attention to England law. They have Sharia laws. And guess what? No policeman allowed to go in there. Why would they do that? Because, because they're liberals that run the country. In their own country, and I say yeah. that I say that with 100% true. See, and I would agree with you on the Syrian refugees. We do not need those in the United States. We don't need terrorists here, man. I now, Trump that. is trying his best. We can help them in their own country. And yeah, I, see, I do understand it's a very tense situation. It's There's a lot going on that I don't understand. Jordan, it is inhumane to bring somebody in this country and say, okay, now you're going to be one of us. Yeah, it really is. And their whole life they've been taught mm -hmm. Sharia law. They've been taught, you're a woman, so you don't say anything. They don't have anything to say Dude, in their marriage. They're so like submissive to their own culture. The women are. That's They, they don't say anything. You know what else they do? It's deranged. This, this is girls. What's that? They take young girls 
and cut out their genitals. Now, that's extreme. Uh, people, people like you that have never heard that before. Sounds like the chastity bow was invented there. No, that they just they don't. Have <laughs> now, once again, I've seen this girl on TV. It happened to her. She's she's probably about thirty-five years old now. She can't have any kids. Can't really have a normal marriage, you know. She can't even get married because, you know, dudes want want a little action every once in a while, and it's 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 a it's about the grossest thing. But they they do it in this country. They did it the other day. It came out in the news, and they're trying to find the people that are doing it and put them in jail. But if they live by Sharia law and and uh, oh my goodness, I would not wish that on my worst enemies. That's. I mean, it, it's. I can't even conceive of it. You know. That's. And the women believe this or not. Nobody now, deserves I don't know that. If that's true. I think it was thirty percent or forty percent of the women. They did a poll. This was Muslim. I poll. doubt that many women. There has to be some kind of feminist. They don't have. Belief. They're not feminists. They're not allowed to be. They're feminists. just conditioned to be so submissive to their own culture, and it's. It's not like it, the most it, destructive thing ever. How would they? How would they change if they if they're forty years old and they come into this country? Yeah, that's all they've ever known. They would they would see the other girls as like outrageous and you slutty. You can't even go outside by yourself. You have to have. But it's the norm, you know. You gotta. Yeah, it's hard to keep an open mind at that age. At least it seems like it. I think Trump might have it. You don't come into this country unless you can support yourself for the first five years. He's gonna try to get that into law. It's kind of extreme, but I kind of agree with it at the same time. Agree with what? The idea of you got to support yourself for the first five years. Why shouldn't they be able to support themselves forever? Yeah, true. What would you do, Jordan? If, would you ever take money from the government and just be a lazy bum, you know, and, that, and just take welfare and all that? I totally believe in interdependence and why not, but you got to be independent in order to be interdependent. In my, here's, my, here's my opinion. You can't be dependent. I'll talk to your, I'll talk to your thing and I'll give my opinion on that. Uh, Nobody in this country that's able-bodied, number one, everybody that can't work should be taken care of by the government. You got that in there? The government should give them everything they need. You heard it here first. Like Nick Shannon has a daughter. She can't work. Can't do anything. She gets thirteen dollars a month. See that I'm extremely empathetic of. Thirteen dollars yeah. a month in food stamps. She's right. got a son and her. Look, think about that. Right. That Plus, that totally makes sense. Like a hundred dollars, three hundred. And I bet I would. You would agree as well. I mean, you're like the most Republican person I know. But I would bet you would a hundred percent agree that she is entitled to those food stamps. If she's unable to work, I don't know her situation. Everybody. And I think, she's just too sick to work. She can't even go to work and sit down. Anymore. Right. But you're right, whenever people are taking advantage of the system, that's where liberalism has gone too far. The only reason... So you got to find that balance between conservative and uh, liberal, liberalism. Some liberals really care about people. You look at these guys, you look at these guys in, in, the, in, the, in the, the government. Some are very compassionate. They don't care about anybody. A lot of these leaders in the liberal movement, the Democrats... Uh-huh. They don't care about those people. They want their votes. As long as they can give them to keep them in food stamps, they'll never. They'll always be poor. Mick, Mick's daughter is just. She just really poor. Her son. Her son's. I would say in that case, 
threw him out of school. He's 15 years old, and school wouldn't take him anymore. Wow. He's really, really screwed up. He's 15. He's supposed to be uh, getting his GD, GF, GED, or whatever they call it. And Mick's daughter, I know her very well. I was Mick had six kids, and that was my favorite kid. They lived right down the street from us. I watched her grow up. She can't make him do his homework. He's 15. He just absolutely says, he's a big kid, you know. 15, his mother is sick, you know. She can't make him do anything. So Mick just, when he gets started talking, that's, that's one time he does talk about his family. Because his grandson, that's who he is. That's, that's the one that's a nutcase. Which, it's kind of a loser. Which is fine. I mean, if you're in that case, you can take medicine, you can do different things, and therapy and all this stuff, you know, and you can help yourself. But they threw him out of school. In fact, that just recently happened, I think. How, where are you in the 15th? In 10th grade? Land is 16, so probably the 9th grade. 9th or 10th grade, whatever it is. I think he's in the 9th grade. But not anymore.